Good morning. It's indeed a joy and a privilege for me to be sharing from God's Word with you today. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to open it and keep it open to uh, Luke chapter 8. You just heard it being read from verse 40, and I'll, I'll be working with that passage. But interestingly, this is a section of Scripture where Luke is setting his readers up to appreciate what Jesus wants them to do from this point forward. I mean, he begins with the first four chapters to talk about who Jesus is, his identity, and so on and so forth, and then how he teaches and who he engages with. And this is at the tail end of this. And when you go into chapter 9, you'll see that Jesus sends his disciples out two by two, telling them they have authority. So Luke wants to establish a certain character of Jesus. And there's a very, very interesting question that Jesus raises in this particular section in Luke chapter 8. And the question comes to us in verse 45. Jesus asks the question, who touched me? I find it fascinating that Jesus would ask a question such as this. So I want you to keep that question in mind as we reflect on this passage. Why does Jesus ask such a question? And what does it mean to be touched by God or to touch God. You know, if, if, you, if you looked at what was happening here in this passage, Jesus was actually in his hometown. He was teaching. And then he says to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And they cross over to the Gerasenes. And, and there he heals this person who was plagued by a legion of demons. Now, what's interesting is that you would think that when someone is released from a demon possession or that kind of an oppression and, and bondage that people would be happy. But it was strange that the people in the country of the Gerasenes, they were very, very upset with Jesus. Verse 37, Luke tells us that the people who surrounded, of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes, they couldn't wait for Jesus to leave. They were asking him to depart. But then... As you come to verse 40, Luke tells us that when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. You know, I think that's like the book ends of how the world receives Jesus. There is no sitting on the fence over here. When you get to know Jesus for who he really is and you let him deal with you the way he wants to deal with you, you're either going to say, please leave. I really can't handle this. You're, you're messing around with my life and this is just too much for me to handle. You're either going to be saying that or you're going to be waiting for him to come. And you wait, as you will see over here, with a posture of humility. Because that's what happens with Jairus being brought into the scene. Now Jairus comes and he we're told that He's a ruler of the synagogue and he falls at Jesus' feet because he has a deep need. And so even, even as we're going to think through what was happening over here and we are reflecting on this question of being touched by God or touching God, I want us to think about the posture we are coming to God in or the posture we're coming to God with. Are we coming... To to God with a posture which 
demands him to do things our way and we end up being displeased if he doesn't? Or are we coming to him with a posture of humility where we are prepared to say, we want you, we want you to come, we want you in our midst. The ruler of the synagogue, and very interestingly here in this passage and possibly only here and nowhere else, you get two for the price of one. <laughs> you know, you have the story of Jairus and his daughter juxtaposed with the story of this woman with an issue of blood. And I find Luke's attention to detail fascinating. He tells us that Jairus was a well-to-do man. He, well, we know his name. Contrast that with a woman. We have no idea of who, what her name is. We are told he's a ruler of the synagogue and we are told he has a family. He has a daughter who's 12, year, 12 years old. And in contrast to that, you have this unnamed woman who interestingly has an issue of blood, meaning she was ceremonially unclean. Her menstrual cycle doesn't seem to cease 12 years. Luke wants us to appreciate that for as long as this little girl has been alive, you had another person who was suffering and possibly suffering in silence. And both of them were desperate. You have two desperate people who are reaching out to Jesus and they come to Jesus and they fall down at his feet. Jairus, we are told, falls down at Jesus's feet. This is verse 41. And then as you go a little further down into the story, this is in verse 44, where the woman sneaks up from behind and touches the fringe of Jesus' garment because she was thinking to herself, if only I could just get to touch his garment, then I would be healed. And the fringe of his garment is basically the the, the bottom end of his garment. So she, navigating through the crowd, had to go down on her knees to be able to touch the fringe of his garment. Two people, two desperate people, two people who are desperate for very different reasons, come to Jesus with a posture of humility, falling at Jesus' feet. Now we're living in a time where life can get very, very difficult. I remember I was in Singapore, um, for about 15 years. Uh, and then in 2020, I went to India for a series of meetings. It was supposed to be for two weeks. I go to India, uh, 9th of February, I remember the date very well. I get to India, suitcase packed, two weeks, and I still haven't gone back to Singapore. We are in January of 2022. In a few weeks, it'll be two years. I still have not gone back to where I lived for 15 years. And it doesn't look like I'm going to go back anytime soon. I had to depend on a lot of people and count on their generosity and their friendship to be able to even get my things from Singapore back to India. And of course, then I had to leave from there and, and come here Oh, that, yes, put me in a place where I was desperate, but compared to 
a lot of other people and the lives that they were going through, the struggles that they had to grapple with, that aspiration outweighs mine. But the fact is, we all face difficulties in life. We all have our own moments of desperation. And the thing we are looking for when we are desperate is not so much information of how to do better. The thing we look for most when we're desperate is not a how-to guide, but a guide who will take hold of our hand and lead us forward. And that's what I find fascinating about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I find fascinating about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he is intentional about taking hold of us and our hand. Now, this whole engagement with this woman, you could say was a distraction because Jairus comes and meets Jesus at the, the shore, as it were, when the crowd was gathering, he falls down at Jesus' feet. He pleads with Jesus, says, Jesus, my little girl is, is on the verge of, of death. Will you please come? I want you to come because I know if you come, she will be made well. And so Jesus agrees and goes. And then suddenly, as they were going, he stops in his tracks. He turns around and he says, who touched me? You know, I, I love Peter's response to Jesus' question. Peter was almost what, I mean, I could imagine this happening, him leaning over to probably James or John standing next to him, and he would have probably whispered into their ears and says, you know, what's wrong with Jesus? It's probably easier for us to answer the question, who did not touch Jesus? I mean, look at this, Jesus. Everybody is pressing in. So I'm pretty sure everybody touched you. What do you mean, who touched me. So Jesus qualifies the question and he says, someone touched me intentionally. He was not talking about the, an accidental brush of the shoulder. He was talking about someone who wanted to touch him and touched him intentionally. And Jesus wants that person to know that he noticed. And Luke tells us, when Jesus said, verse 46, someone said, someone touched me for I perceived that power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him and declared in the presence of all, please notice, Luke says, why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. The reason I believe Jesus asks the question was not so much to expose her or embarrass her, because we know, Luke tells us, that she wanted to touch Jesus because she had an incurable problem, a problem that not only weighed her down physically, but a problem that cut her off from community socially. I want you to think about this. For as long as that little girl, Jairus' daughter, has been alive, this woman has been cut off from any possible community. She, 
She couldn't even stay in close contact with her family. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. She couldn't step into the synagogue. And Jesus asks, who touched me? And then when she comes up and she confesses, think about what must have been going through her mind. She, she was already healed. She must be saying, why does Jesus do this to me? Because you see, every person she touched along the way as she was coming to Jesus or reaching out to him and touching him, every person that she came along and touched along the way as she came to Jesus was defiled because she was impure, unclean. You can almost see that when she stood up to say, it is I, and when she told the crowd, when she told Jesus and the crowd listening, why she touched Jesus, you can almost see that everybody would have pulled back and said, oh, what just happened here? Everybody would have looked at themselves and kind of cringed on the inside because they possibly would have been touched by someone who was defiled and therefore are defiled themselves now. But then Jesus does something beautiful at this point. After she confesses, he calls her daughter. The only recorded instance in the New Testament where Jesus looks at someone and addresses them as daughter. And I think the reason he does that is because he wanted her to know it was not merely the physical healing that he was bringing and offering her. The reason why he called her daughter was because he was restoring her to something that she deeply longed for and didn't even have words to express. See, for Jesus, we are not problems to solve. For Jesus, we are persons to love. That's why he's intentional about seeking and saving the lost. We're not a statistic in God's scoreboard. We are creatures created in his image. A God who is love created us in love to be dearly loved and he deeply loves us. And so he calls her daughter. But there's something else that's going on over here. And I hope we don't miss what's happening here. Because while all of this is going on, this was an unplanned interruption. It was an interruption nonetheless, an unplanned one. But it was a very difficult interruption for Jairus to deal with. Because he must be, you know, just as Jesus asked the question and Peter was saying, I mean, Jesus is easy for someone, for us to answer who didn't touch you as opposed to uh, who has touched you. Jairus must have been standing there and thinking, Jesus, does it really matter who touched you? My daughter is, my daughter is at risk of losing her life. Does it really matter who touched you? But then shortly, while this was happening, someone comes and tells Jairus 
Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Now, I want you to think about it this way. Let's imagine Jesus did not stop. You know, the woman with an issue of blood, she touched Jesus' garment. She was healed. And then she quietly slips back out through the crowd and goes away. She's happy. Well, Jesus knows that someone is healed. He doesn't know who because obviously he knows that power went out from him and it had accomplished what it was meant to accomplish. And he continues going. Now, Luke tells us they were away, away from home. So it's quite possible they would not have reached home. Now, let's say they've got to the gate of Jairus' home. And then as they get to the gate, the little girl is dead. And the mourners who are there, they break out and start wailing. Do you think Jairus would have let Jesus come in? Remember, he's a ruler of the synagogue. Just as a woman with the issue of blood would defile everyone who touches her, so does a dead body. So what do you think gave Jairus the courage to listen to Jesus when he said, do not be afraid? got the news that his little girl is dead. What gave him the courage to continue the journey with Jesus and take him to his home? I think it is because he just witnessed the fact that here is someone who was touched by a person who was, who was unclean and instead of being defiled, he cured her. Obviously, he has heard of Jesus healing people of, 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 of their demon possession. He knows he's a healer of disease. And now he sees Jesus being Lord over defilement, something that he was grappling with. And that, I think, gave him the privilege of letting Jesus lead him back to his own home. And he comes there. And obviously, they're all wailing at this point. And when Jesus says, you know, she's not really dead. She's just asleep. They laugh at him because they know a dead body when they see one. But Jesus asks them to step aside. The people who are mourning and wailing, that is, takes James and John and Peter with the father and the mother, Jairus and his wife, and goes in and he restores this little child to life. People matter to Jesus. Three things I want to say to us as I bring this to a close. You see, you and I have the privilege to reach out to God because God came reaching out to us. And so when we reach out to him, let's do that on bended knees. You see, we are people with feet of clay, so we will stand strong when we are on our knees. The strongest we will ever be is when we are on our knees. Learn to reach out to God in a posture of humility. 
But as we learn to reach out to God in that posture of humility, let us learn to be emboldened because he is the one who calls out to us and says, who touched me? Let's be unashamed and unafraid of not just reaching out to Jesus, but letting the world know that we reach out to Jesus. But then finally and most importantly, let us remember that as we reach out to Jesus, he is here for us because he deeply loves us. He wants to know who is touched by him. And he wants us to know that we have actually been touched by him because he loves us. And he wants us to belong to him. The ultimate gift anyone can give anyone is the gift of belonging. And that's what we have as we come to Jesus. To be touched by God, to realize that, is to appreciate that we belong to the one who created us, the one who redeemed us, and the one who calls us to himself to love and to live in that love. May God bless you as you continue reflecting on his word. Can I pray with us, please? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you in this world that is desperately trying to treasure things and trash people, that you are a God who loves us and we matter to you as persons, and we are not problems to be solved. We thank you that you stop and you wait for us to realize that you have taken note of us. May our time, Lord, be spent not just reflecting on your word, but relishing the fact that as we reflect on your word, you are with us and you converse with us. Thank you for your word and thank you for speaking to us through it. May we, may we be a people who learn to live in your grace and always for your glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.